0: Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. It's time for another show dedicated to the world of keto. Check out KetoReset.com for details about my New York Times bestselling book and send your questions to info at KetoReset.com. It's time for a keto show, time for a keto show. Hi listeners, Brad Kern, so glad to talk to you. Oh my goodness! We've been tracking our downloads. The popularity of the show is going crazy. Thank you so much for your interest. Also, the KetoReset.com mastery course has been extremely well received. Uh, we've got some great feedback from uh, the earliest students, and I encourage you to go over there and check it out. There's also some amazing upgrade packages where you can sign up for the digital course, 147, uh, and get over a hundred videos. Absolutely everything you need to succeed with keto, including interviews from the world's leading experts to enhance your knowledge and education, but also me as the main host taking you through every single bit of content in the book so that you can learn by video in a nice bite-sized process where our ace ketogenic filmmaker, Brian McAndrew, living the dream, living and breathing keto as he's working on the project. Uh, cut up everything into nice bite-sized chunks so you can learn at your convenience and not be overwhelmed. So I think you'll really, really love the course. There's a lot of uh, reading material and audio material to download as well, but the video experience is just fantastic. It makes it really impactful. So that's at ketoreset.com mastery course. Of course, you can buy the book wherever books are sold, The Keto Reset Diet, and sneak preview. Ha ha, we are In the process, a very rushed process, dropping everything and working super hard to complete two new Keto Reset Diet cookbooks. One is entirely dedicated to the Instant Pot. So Lindsay Taylor and I and Layla McGowan, oh my gosh, along with Mark, we've been totally deep into the Instant Pot scene. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, I proclaim myself an expert because I've studied this thing for hours. All the buttons and the protocols can get a little confusing, but if you just spend a few minutes getting into this fantastic cooking craze, if you haven't heard of it, get with the program, man. Did you know that Amazon alone sold 10 million units of Instant Pots in 2017? It replaces seven or eight other routine cooking items like your pressure cooker, your crock pot, your steamer. It's amazing all in one unit, very versatile. But the great thing is with the pressure cooking approach, you cook things in a fraction of time as it takes uh, with normal cooking methods. So you can come home, stick a whole chicken in the Instant Pot, a whole raw chicken, and like 12 minutes later, I forgot the exact time, but you're eating dinner. It's really amazing. I love it. I think it's great for busy people that don't want to go for three hours and make a gourmet meal every single night. So the Keto Reset Instant Pot Cookbook coming out in May 2018 And then the Keto Reset Diet Cookbook, a full-length cookbook of fabulous recipes. Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe how fun and how delicious it is to eat in the keto zone, the keto-friendly lifestyle. So those things are fun. We've been busy with that. And I'm making this show sort of an update, a personal message about my busy times, uh, continuing to experiment with The best keto strategy for me, hopefully sharing some information that will be of value to you. I know I engage with my friends constantly, emailing back and forth, so I thought I should bring it to everybody, kind of the things that we've been thinking about kicking around. And one of them, as you can see from my YouTube video, which we'll put in the show notes, the fantastic Primal Fuel Green Super Energy Smoothie, uh, I started this strategy of instead of fasting every single day until 12 or 1 or 2... In the honor of the keto strategy, because it's easy, it's no problem, you get all those benefits of fasting, autophagy, and so forth. Uh, Instead of doing that, I started my day making this super nutrient dense green smoothie with primal fuel and numerous other specific ingredients that uh, have been recommended to me by the guys at nourishbalancethrive.com, Dr. Tommy Wood and Chris Kelly. I'm going through their comprehensive program. I've made a few shows uh, on the details of my blood work and the protocols that they're putting me through. It's a fantastic program. Go check out their website because they have a free assessment at the start, so you don't have to get uh, any commitment, but you can see what they're doing. The ultimate expression of uh, concierge holistic health care and uh, medicine where they're testing Everything, all the progressive tests of uh, blood, urine, stool, saliva, they're checking everything, uh, targeting the exact supplements you might need to heal a leaky gut or deal with adrenal dysfunction, and doing a great job in having that personal effect. So I'm enjoying going through this program, taking all the stuff that they're recommending to me, a lot of stuff going down the throat every day, and a lot of stuff going into the smoothie, too, as you can see in the video. But a couple of the good ones, creatine and l carnitine. Uh, which Dr. Tommy suggested I take because I'm pursuing these athletic goals. I'm an old guy, over 50, and also eating in that ketogenic pattern where I might be so good at fasting and managing my hunger that I might possibly be falling short of my nutritional requirements when I'm pushing my body through these difficult sprint workouts and high jump sessions that I like to do, or the speed golf sessions where I'm running as fast as I can around a golf course and doing my strength training, primal essential movements. Uh, full-body exercises, things that I try to integrate into my schedule. So at Dr. Tommy's suggestion, uh, this is now six months' time. I've been going since September 2017. I started throwing this uh, nutrient-dense green smoothie into my morning game, and I feel like it's made a big impact on my ability to perform at workouts and recover more quickly. So looking at my uh, exercise log, which I keep general notes, I've done it for 40 years or something, 35 years I've been keeping a training log, but it's nothing special and it's nothing uh, that I obsess about or worry about until after the fact. In other words, I record what happened but I don't plan my workouts according to a, a, a pre-designed log. So it just kind of notes about how things have been going. And what I noticed was the ability to conduct more intense workouts in the span of a month um, and get a little more uh, quicker quicker time between intense workouts. And I attribute that to getting the nutritional benefits and generally consuming more calories was Tommy's message to me. And again, this is for me personally, because he saw me as a person with Excellent blood work, no cardiovascular disease risk factors, no inflammatory risk factors, uh, optimal body composition, no concerns there, and also these ambitious athletic goals uh, beyond age 50. So he said, you need the nutrition that's going to get you there and get you recovered quickly, and you fall into a different category than someone who is dealing with metabolic damage, excess body fat that they want to get rid of, or adverse blood findings in terms of risk factors. So we have a different set of decision-making parameters. I did a whole show on this with Dr. Tommy and talked about it at length. So just summarizing for you guys, uh, I am trying to follow a little bit of a different keto strategy than someone who might be uh, battling for getting the last 10, 15, 20, or 30 pounds off. I'm not worried about the extra caloric intake and by default, probably extra carbohydrate calories to knock me out of the formal admission into the keto club where I'm at 50 grams per day or less. That said, due to my, let's see, it's been now uh, a year and a half of really deep dive into keto, including a four-month binge where I was strict nutritional ketosis testing every day and working on the book with Mark, The Keto Reset Diet, so we were living and breathing, walking our talk, And then spinning out of that, a more relaxed strategy where I would say I'm eating in what Mark Sisson calls the keto zone, which is some days for sure I'm way into the keto cutoff, way below the keto cutoff, where I'm fasting until 1 or 2 p.m. I'm eating a zero-carb meal or a very, very low-carb meal, followed by another low-carb meal, and then into the next day, uh, maybe I'll have a a smoothie that's mostly greens, not a lot of Uh, concentrated carbs. So I'm not consuming a lot of carbs over a span of 48 hours. And that happens routinely. But at other times, I'm totally unconcerned about it. I'm enjoying my life. I'm enjoying the metabolic flexibility that I have built. And so when I go to the luxury movie theaters, I just went to one uh, in the suburbs of Seattle, Bellevue, Microsoft World, and oh my gosh, these places are great. They have the reclining leather chairs and the Waiter, waitress comes and orders what you whatever you want, brings it to you while you're chilling, watching the movie. So I indulged in massive order of sweet potato fries, loved every bite of it, Had the powdered sugar sprinkled on top. I know how how can I say this on a keto show, but I had that at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant in Las Vegas. He had sweet potato fries with a little bit of powdered sugar sprinkled on top. So now that is part of my A game. I will serve it to other people. I will enjoy it once in a while. That'll definitely put me out of the macronutrient cutoff for keto. But again, the next day might be a totally different story, it might be a fasting experience zero-carb meals, and so on and so forth. Other times, just by intuition, spontaneity, whatever... I might have a day where I'm consuming three or four times the amount of carbs that I did the previous couple days. So if you're looking at 50 grams as a cutoff and getting below on some of those days with a lot of fasting and keto meals, other days I'm probably up at 200 grams, especially when I connect with my son and my nephew and we go on these fun mountain bike rides and we're getting better and better It's been 16 years since I actually pedaled a bicycle of any note, and now we're riding our bikes across the mountains uh, from the San Fernando Valley to the beach in Santa Monica. It's so much fun to expose these young guys to the wonderful sport of mountain biking, and I make a clear distinction between mountain biking and road biking, which I now proclaim to be too dangerous for anyone to really consider uh, as a routine part of life. I would be very, very careful riding your bicycle on the road at all. I would strongly advocate to get on bike trails or at least uh, remote areas where you actually get in your car wherever you live and drive to an even safer area to ride your bike get a rear view mirror mounted on your helmet. You can find those at bike shops or online and know that at any time, uh, a texting driver can wipe you out and it's a bad scene. And I've been in the bicycling world for over 30 years, 35 years and seeing a lot of misfortune and tragedy with folks just trying to enjoy some time on the road on the bike. So that's a little aside of me doing the heavy thumbs down for road cycling and enthusiastic thumbs up for mountain biking. Even you multi-sport athletes out there who are trying for triathlon goals and loving that time trial position and testing out your bike, you can put a lot of hours in, in a safe manner, whether it's indoors on a bike trail or in very remote areas. And if you have to engage with cars, use that rear view mirror and assume that everyone's not watching. So assume the worst, be a defensive cyclist and good luck to you, be safe. Anyway, so when we're doing these long mountain bike rides, It's kind of out of my routine realm to go for two hours, two and a half hours of endurance exercise. And on those days, I'll be sure to, my brain will be sure to help me refuel with sufficient carbohydrates. So we'll hit the popcorn hard at night while we're relaxing in the jacuzzi, going back and forth from my parents' 104 degree spa to the 56 degree swimming pool right now in the wintertime in LA. Fabulous back and forth, hot and cold therapy. Uh, While the carbs are going down the throat and waking up feeling good about it the next day. So, I think the gist of my message here is that I'm really enjoying a uh, spontaneous, intuitive, and flexible approach to keto. And what I've noticed over time is because of the hard work that I did at the outset when I prepared myself. Well, in my case, I prepared myself for 10 years of primal aligned eating. So, I didn't have grains and sugars in any appreciable amount for a long time. So, going into keto, I was pretty well prepared. But then I went for a four month uh, consistent pattern of really getting rid of the carbs and working hard to upregulate my fat burning abilities and my ketone manufacturing abilities. Then, since then, things have been a little different and a little better in many ways. For example, I can identify, let's say, a sweet potato binge back in the day, let's say two years, three years, four years, five years ago, I would kind of feel the effects afterward. I'd had that low where the insulin comes into my bloodstream and I don't feel so great, a little sleepy after a big carbohydrate meal. And now I honestly don't experience that anymore. So I can handle these carb binges wonderfully And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing for everyone listening because if you're trying to adhere to keto and you're getting better and better and then you have a little indulgence here and there and you notice no ill effects, it might bring back uh, more of those into your game. Uh, But for the most part, it's possibly uh, accruing some benefits for having a more flexible approach rather than a rigid approach. First of all, you're getting some psychological benefits because you're no longer uh, keyed up and having to track everything uh, so dutifully because you're not worried about it and you're not worried about you know a consistent prolonged pattern of keeping your carbs under 50 grams. And second of all, you possibly are fine-tuning your insulin sensitivity when you go, as I put in my example, 36 to 48 hours with little or no carbohydrates, forcing your body to upregulate fat burning. Then you have a significant dose of carbohydrates. If you were making ketones, obviously those are shut off, and now you're burning through the carbohydrates that you consumed at the meal, but insulin is doing its job, and because you're refining the sensitivity... By going back and forth between carb restriction and carb consumption, this is believed to enhance that sensitivity. And when I say insulin sensitivity, what I really mean is that uh, a little bit of insulin goes a long way. In contrast, insulin resistance, you've heard that familiar term, that's the metabolic disease pattern that's in epidemic proportions in modern culture part of the metabolic syndrome, type 2 diabetes, obesity, cancer uh, pattern that is really taking down millions of people. When you're insulin resistant, your body produces more and more insulin because your cells are becoming resistant to insulin signal. They're not letting the nutrients into the cell. They're, they're tired of the overproduction of insulin and everything's thrown off, your body's producing more and more insulin, you're getting more and more tired, you're getting less and less able to uh, access and burn stored body fat, and so you end up in this downward spiral, which I think anyone can relate to, where you're truly carb-addicted and you have every need for energy from uh, ingestion of dietary calories, dietary carbohydrates, and you're really bad at burning stored body fat. So insulin sensitivity is the opposite of insulin resistance. I feel like it's working for me. It might be a personality insight that I like to fluctuate uh, my patterns. Uh, I've always been a person who, uh, as far as my running routes or my cycling routes, I like to switch it up. I like to go find a different golf course to play to get a different challenge. Um, I do different things for work. Obviously, I do podcasts, I do writing, I do video courses, that kind of fun stuff. So every day is a different pattern. Some people that like to be creatures of habit might not respond as well or it might not be as attractive. But I do encourage you to uh, kind of relax once you've built metabolic flexibility and realize that it's not a uh, end-of-the-world life-or-death matter that you regulate your carbohydrate intake every day. You may be familiar with the commentary about hormetic stressors or brief stressors that have a positive adaptive effect in the long run. For example, cold water exposure. Check out my fabulous video on YouTube of my exciting new toy, a chest freezer, which I've filled up with water. I plug in the freezer on a timer for only a couple hours every 24 hours, and I keep this water at about 36 degrees for a ready-made cold plunge year-round, wherever you are, even in the hot of summer. It's a wonderful tool, and I'll tell you all about how to get started with this inexpensive cold therapy. Uh, Many studies are showing that the water exposure is more beneficial than the brief exposure to super cold air in those expensive chambers, uh, which is interesting to me, but also interesting is I don't really feel like paying 40 bucks to go into a chamber for three minutes. That's going to get old. Uh, very quickly. So now I have my chest freezer. It's fabulous. And that's one example of a hormetic stressor. If I were to sit in the 36 degree water for an hour, that would be really bad news, right? That would be uh, an overly stressful, non-healthy thing to do. But when you have brief exposure to cold water, or this is where I was going with it, even brief exposure to, let's say, uh, a sugar bomb, or even an ingestion of uh, refined vegetable oil your body will respond with an antioxidant defense uh, mechanism and it'll fine tune your defense mechanisms in that theoretical example of having to deal with uh, the refined vegetable oils that you threw down once every six months or the cheesecake that you throw down once every six months. Absolutely not to be misinterpreted as a hall pass to say, hey, it's just one cigarette. It's gonna have a hormetic effect on my body because we really wanna have super, super high standards for health quality, dietary choices, because the choices are so dismal out there. So anytime I hear someone say, hey, everything in moderation about diet, I want to back up 10 steps and say, do you know how much garbage is out there and is going into each one of us, even no matter how hard we try, Sometimes I'll go out to breakfast and order the omelet and I'll forget to say, hey, can you cook that in butter instead of vegetable oil? I'll remember later when it's served. And, you know, we just can't get away from it. The hidden sugars are everywhere. So even those of us who are doing our very best are still exposed to environmental toxins. Uh, the show that I did with Terea Rodriguez was talking about uh, all these challenges like uh, city water supply uh, plastic exposure in your food storage containers, and all that stuff adds up to trouble. Um, personally, I'm not super freaky about all that stuff because I think I respect those people that, that uh, follow that journey or are compelled to follow that journey because they've had uh, health destroyed by assorted uh, problems. Uh, but it's a little tough for me to embrace that everywhere we go and everything we do is unhealthy. Our bodies can handle a lot of stress. However, if you stack up too much stress... If you're commuting and you're dealing with uh, difficult personal interactions all day long and eating quick doses of junk food instead of healthy, nutritious, relaxed meals, and you're exercising too hard or exercising not enough, and you're microwaving your salmon in a plastic bowl, you're asking for trouble because you're asking too much of your body to deal with all these challenges. So we do the very, very best we can and hope for the best with what our body can handle and go from there. That's why keto is so powerful, is that you fine-tune that metabolic flexibility, those internal antioxidants, and that production increases when you're in ketogenic eating pattern, your immune function improves, you get a profound anti-inflammatory effect when you're fasting or doing a prolonged carbohydrate restriction. So those periods of time are super healthy. But to close this story off, kind of go back to where I started... Uh, I remember what Dr. Tommy said that when you're conducting vigorous workouts and pushing your body and challenging your cells to produce energy, whether it's a strength training session or a prolonged endurance session, you are getting similar benefits to the person who is fasting at their yoga retreat via autophagy and enhanced cellular repair when you're getting those hormetic stressors. So the call for fasting is less important for a vigorous exerciser as opposed to someone who is not doing sufficient exercise, uh, has a history of metabolic damage, and really needs to fine-tune and challenge the cells by starving them of their usual uh, pipeline of glucose energy. So that's what's working for me, a uh, varied, flexible, intuitive approach where you never know what the next day is going to bring, but I do like to go into those mini-reset periods where I'll take a few days really focus on the fasting rather than stuffing my face. And believe me, guys, I've been doing the N equals 1, the heavy experimentation here, where after consulting with Dr. Tommy, I went on a, uh, a an eating good food binge where I purposely uh, dramatically increased my caloric intake from what it was for many months previous to that when I was uh, deeply immersed into keto. And what I experienced was no change in body composition, maybe adding a little bit more muscle, but the ability to perform more workouts more frequently, more intense workouts more frequently. So I really got a positive training adaptation from upping my caloric intake. Bottom line, we're gonna go by your appetite, your natural appetite will guide you to how many calories you need to consume every day, As Chris Kresser reminds us, our bodies are really good at craving the optimal amount of protein, so we don't really have to worry too much about measuring out and obsessively tracking protein, because if you under-consume protein, you're going to start feeling really crappy really quickly, you're going to lose lean muscle mass and feel tired and have trouble recovering from basic exercise. And when you over consume protein, uh, your body's going to give those signals to kind of turn you away from uh, the obsession with, you know, scoops and scoops of protein powder throughout the day, like a bodybuilder. So I'm into the intuitive groove. I strongly recommend that wherever you are, even if you're in a focused period of ketosis and you like measuring your blood every day, uh, try to be flexible and notice what your body wants and what your body needs as we go for this long-term keto-friendly lifestyle. Thank you so much for listening to this keto episode. This is your host, Brad Kearns. Send some questions, comments, feedback to info at Thank you. So Chris Kelly, Nourish, Balance, Thrive. We're we're talking about health and you're telling me a funny story about your picky four-year-old daughter that won't eat unless there's Primal Kitchen uh, condiments on the table. It's true. My daughter will not eat unless there's... The Primal Kitchen Wilder—it's uh, it's this cute thing. Actually, she does. We have a local state park called Wilder Ranch. Oh yeah, and uh, she calls the ranch dressing Wilder Ranch dressing. <laughs> we, 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 there's no way we're going to correct her on that. It's just too it's so, so endearing. Uh, how old um, is she? She's four. Oh my god! So she likes like the mayo on. Oh yeah, she on... so she loves those. So we love them as well. We have uh, we we eat them all the time. We eat the mayo, we eat the balsamic, we eat the the ranch, um, the avocado oil we use all the time. And and so, you know, that's completely genuine. And I don't mind talking about that because you took the pain in the ass out of condiments. I really appreciate that. What an authentic spot from Chris Kelly at Nourish Balance Thrive. And yes, Primal Kitchen, you can call it Wilder Ranch dressing if you want. (laughs) And uh, we'll send five cents of the proceeds over to that beautiful state park as they're they're trying to make ends meet in Santa Cruz mountains. Thank you very much, Chris. (laughs) It's my pleasure.